Spirit of truth. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. The Spirit of truth. John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. And I will pray the Father, Jesus said, and He shall give you another Comforter, that He may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him. But ye know Him, for He dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. John chapter 15, verse 26. Jesus said again, But when the Comforter is come, whom I shall send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, He shall testify of me. Now the last time that I did preach on Wednesday night, and we've been majoring on this spiritual, spiritual matter, spiritual warfare in particular, but I preached on a lying spirit. A lying spirit. In all of this that we've been through, I preached one time on the spirit of truth and error. But what we're focusing on tonight is not, not the same thing at all as what we talked about that night. Well, you know, a lot of times I find myself seeking answers. I sit around thinking, trying to figure things out. You do that? Do you do that? It's a pretty good thing to do. Instead of just saying, I don't care. Pass me another Debbie cake or something like that, you know. <laughs> you ought to think. I mean, God gave you a mind to think with. That's how you learn. That's how you find the truth. You know, we've been through this and through this. Truth is not a heart matter. It's a mind matter. It's a fact or not fact. Truth. But I always, I find myself seeking answers to why so many start this journey and end up in such different places. I think about the people I went to church with 45 years ago, and 40 years ago, and 35 years ago, and 30 years ago, and 25 years ago, and <laughs> 15 years ago, and you know, boy, could I tell you some stories about different, how, how different things have turned out. I was with some people back then, thought we saw things alike. Man, they're so far away now that from where I'm at, I don't even know that we're in the same universe. There's been other people I've met along the way and ran with a little while, and then they went some other direction too. Some fall out right away, and they return to a life of sin and worldliness. I've seen that. Some hang on for a longer time, and they wander around experimenting with and trying different flavors of religion before they finally go back to their old sinful lifestyle. Y'all seen any of that? I have seen a lot of that too. Some find a place to settle and they endure for a while, maybe a lifetime, but they never have the evidence of the true faith and a new birth, and they're unstable. And the greatest influences on their lives are the same things that affect the world around them, the lost world around them. So, what's the difference in them and the lost world if they're running in the same race? You see, Matthew chapter 7 and verses 13 and 14, Enter ye in at the straight gate, Jesus said, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction and many there be which go in thereat because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So there's a lot of people, Jesus said, there's a lot of people that try to enter in. 
<laughs> but they enter in on the Broadway. There's a difference. We're talking about the Spirit of Truth. I think it's the, one of the great differences, one of the great markers, and I hope you'll understand as we get into this. But Luke chapter 13, verse 23 and 24, Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. And that don't mean straight like an arrow. That means straight like real close. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. You're to strive to enter in, Jesus said. Don't just seek. A lot of people are going to seek. You better strive. You better do more than just seek. Be curious. Play around with it. Experiment with it. Try all different kinds. Entertain all kinds of ideas. You better not do that stuff. You better strive to enter in the way Jesus said we have to enter in. There's still others who reach a certain level of understanding that, and that's as far as they ever go in their spiritual life. And they stagnate and ferment and end up soured and discouraged and defeated. I'm wondering why, I sit around and wonder why people end up like this. How is it that people can appear to be running, running well, believing well, seem to understand, and then they crash. They fall by the wayside. Others blossom and flower and produce fruit. What is the difference? There's some answers and to, as to why that's so, and that's what we're going to look at here. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for the Word of God, and I pray you'd bless it now as we look at it. Please, Spirit of God, help us with this. Without your unction and power, we are just saying a bunch of words that nobody's going to understand. I pray you'd quicken our minds and hearts that we could receive this and understand it and apply it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, one of the main reasons or evidences that a person is truly born again is that he is possessed by the Spirit of truth. What do you think about that? We talk about being possessed by an evil spirit or a devil. If you're not possessed by the Spirit of God, then where are you at? Everybody knows what being possessed by a spirit, I mean, they think they know, but we've been through that over and over through this uh, bunch of sermons, but... But to be possessed by the Spirit of truth. There was a day in my life, there was a moment in my life that I remember as clear as a bell. It was about, it was over 40 years ago. But I remember when I stood there and I told God that I would do whatever He wanted me to do. And from that point on, he was God and I was nothing. I made up my mind at that point that I was going to live by the truth, whatever the cost. Now, did I really understand all the implications of that? Well, of course not. But, I, but there was something in me because, that happened in that moment because from that moment, I often found myself at odds with a lot of other people, because of that issue, they would not be faithful to the truth. The truth. That the Word of God. I mean, the truth of the Word of God. And I'm not talking about differing on a bunch of nonsense and, and things that really don't matter 
that much. I'm talking about the truth of God. Once again, let me remind you that the word spirit describes the vital principle that directs and moves us. It's that which is not material, which is not seen or perceived by the physical senses. You see people taking pictures of ghosts. That is a lie. You can't take a picture of a spirit. That's lesson number one. They're lying. It's not true. It's that which is not material. It's not seen or perceived with the physical senses, but it is the very basic force which directs our living and moving and being. In Him we live and move and have our being. Spirit. It's what... It's the firmware. It is the the basic operating system of our life, of our soul, our spirit. It's the vital principle. Now, y'all got that. You understand what I'm saying right there? We've said it over and over and over and tried to drive this in. But before we're born of the Spirit, we are carnal and we're walking after the lust of the flesh, wide open to the influence of all the evil spiritual powers that operate in this world. That's our situation when we're lost. Being carnal... We judge all the information that we take in with our own physical senses and our human intellect. Everything we learn, everything we taste, everything we smell, everything we touch, everything we see, we we analyze it and judge it and discern it and make up our mind about it with our physical senses and our intellect. According to what we like and don't like. According to what pleases us and doesn't please us. We accept what pleases us. We reject what doesn't please us. And that's how we discern truth as a carnal person. Are we getting the truth? Are we coming to... Are we, are we, are we get, laying a good foundation of truth in our life when we live like that? No, you, what are you doing? You're building your life on lies and deceit. We are deceived Our mind is deceived, our heart is deceived, and we are lost. We're blind. and, And being carnal, we judge all the information we take in with our physical senses and our human intellect without the influence of God or His Word. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So, unconverted, unregenerated, lost, we're blind. We we think we know, but we do not know. We're proud of what we think we know, but we are deceived about ourselves. In God's sight, we, we are a fool. So we remain in darkness, blinded, deceived and proud of ourselves and the illusion that we've created with our body of worldly understanding and philosophies. You won't find anybody any more proud than the educated know-it-alls of this world who think they've figured out God, that He doesn't exist, and how everything works, and tell me something that they can fix. Look at what a mess our world is in. 
And look where we're at in this, at this point in time. I mean, on the precipice, boy, of a total annihilation, really, if you want to know the truth. In the spite of all of this, man knows that he's empty, though. And he questions, he, the questions that he has about life and eternity and the reasons for his existence, as well as the good and evil that are apparent in the world around him, he, they haunt him in his secret places of his heart. Now, I don't care how hard they look, how, how big mouth they are with their profanity and their hatred toward God and all of the nonsense and foolishness they spew out when, when they're alone by themselves in the dark. There's, there, their heart is not at peace. And they wonder, and they're wondering. That's why... If they die suddenly, like in a plane crash or a car wreck, the last words out of their mouth are almost always, what? Oh God, help me! So, a lot, that, that's the reason that a lot of people make an attempt at trying to find some answers and they turn to the religions of the world. They about give up on that though, haven't they? That's why Jesus said many there are that enter therein, you know, thereat, that broad gate, that, that wide gate, that broad way. The heart of the answer as to why most never find those answers, and only a few do, that's what I'm preaching about tonight, is a matter of how honest they are entering in about the truth. See, all your life is a lost carnal person. You've made up your mind about all of this stuff, what's right and wrong. you got your hard opinions and blah, blah, blah. And you ain't going to drag that junk into the kingdom of God with you and serve God and be accepted by God and be blessed by God and led by God with all of your head full and your heart full of affections of the world and your head full of the philosophies and wisdom of the world. All that junk's got to go. The old man has to be crucified. Everything's got to go. A person truly has to be crucified with Christ in order to be born again. Anybody don't believe that, they just do not understand the Word of God. In my opinion, that's what I believe. He's got to truly and completely deny himself. Isn't that what Jesus said? If, you're going, if any man follow me, he must first deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So he's got to really, truly, completely do that and jettison everything he's ever learned or believed to be true as the Word of God reveals that, the truth about it to him. Did I know everything 40 years ago as soon as I got in? Did everything just whoosh, clear up and I just got everything right right then? No. Still learning. Still learning. This far down the road, still learning. Man, I'm wrong sometimes. Still got some thoughts in there that don't conform to what this book says. But you know what happens when I read it in the book and God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth that's in me, that's guiding me to all truth, reveals it to me? I believe it. Amen. I obey it. Amen. I don't care what I think, what I've thought, how, what I feel, what I want. God must be God or He's not my Lord. 
Now, there's two basic things that keep people from finding the truth. <laughs> so simple. There's two basic things. Sentiment and desires. That's what keeps you believing lies and rejecting the truth. Sentiment. It, it includes love and pride and hatred and sympathy and envy and anger and bitterness and everything else that has to do with feelings. That'll keep you from accepting the truth. That'll keep you bound up in your lies. The, man, there are so many people I've seen, they've turned away from the truth because of their kids or because of their spouse or because of some other affection or sympathy or bitterness toward people. Sentiment. Desires. That includes fleshly lust. It also includes greed or desire for fame and, and approval and acceptance. People have a hard time there. I've known a lot of preachers that I've seen them compromise the truth because of what it was going to cost them with their, in their circle of friends. Where they belonged. Yep. Now do you think that Jesus demanded that we forsake everything? Or do you think that He allowed us to reserve what we really love and, and things <laughs> that are really important to us? And did he say deny himself? I got some more verses here that I think will just kind of lay that out real good. Throughout the years we've lived as unregenerate sinners. We were constantly forming concepts and ideas and notions about the world around us as well as the supernatural things, spiritual things. We were making up our mind about all that stuff. <clears throat> and, you know, through this we've talked about the way your mind processes information and the way you assimilate knowledge and information into your soul and spirit and live by it. You know, there's the, per, the perception. And then there's the conception. And, and an idea is a concept. It's something you've made up your mind about. You formed an idea, a concept in your mind. And, and it's locked down. Locked. Can't change it. Can't modify it. It's one of your building blocks that you work off of to do everything else. It's settled. That's the, and then you come to God and enter His kingdoms in that kind of a state. See, with all that junk in your mind. It's got to go. That's right. It's got to go. A notion is some concept about an unseen, a spiritual thing, a matter. It's, not, it's, a, it's an idea, but in a different realm. In everything we settled upon is true. When we were lost, we were influenced by our sentiment and our desires. Think about it. This is stuff, I know I say this and then we just fly right on by, but you can, you, man, if you'd take some notes and just mark that down, then go home and think about that a while. Just think about everything you made up your mind about. What you believed when you, when, when it came, before you got to say what you believed about God, about Jesus, about righteousness, especially what's right and wrong and what's holy and unholy and clean and unclean. Think about what you believed. And think about how you came to believe that and see if what I'm saying to you is not right. You made every choice and decision, and you formed every concept that you had 
concerning righteousness and wickedness and everything else. You did it under the influence of your sentiments and your desires. And so, all those false things that we had dropped an anchor on had to be thrown away when they're not in agreement with the truth as revealed in the Word of God. Jesus said in Luke chapter 14, verse 33, He said, So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Now, I don't care what other people think. That means you can't be saved. There's no difference between being saved and being a disciple. You, you can't be saved, but not a disciple. I'm saved going to heaven, but I ain't following Jesus and I ain't learning from Him either. That's what they're saying when they chop it all up like that. He meant what He said. If, you're not willing, if you will not forsake all that you have, you can't be my disciple. Now, is he just talking about your cigarettes and your chew and your beer and your other vices and your foul mouth and your um, immodest clothing and stuff like that? Is that what he's talking about? No, that's not all that he's talking about. He's talking about what I've been talking about here. All that's in your mind and all that's in your heart. All that affection that you have for the things of the world. And all of those desires. And then all of those thoughts and concepts and beliefs that you've got in your heart about this and that and other. You think people out there don't believe stuff? Right. Well, they're hard-headed bunch of know-it-alls. Think they know everything and they don't know nothing except what they want and what they care about. That's it. That's carnal. Not just the bad habits and vices, but the messed up way we think and reason and the crooked ways we have of determining what's true and what's not and what's right and what's wrong. In verse 26 of that same chapter, back up our little ways, he's, he was already preaching it to him. He said, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. So what you got to give up to be a Christian? Everything. Especially yourself. Because you're full of lies and full of deceit and full of nonsense and foolishness and you don't understand. No matter how much you think you understand. You don't know God and you don't understand anything. How many times have I told you through the years that being a Christian and growing in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ is more about unlearning than it is about learning? We have a hard time turning loose of things. We have a hard time saying, I've been wrong. I have been deceived. I thought all these years that that's the way it was, and it's not like that at all. And we read it in the Bible, and we and the Spirit of God reveals it to us, because that's how it works. You can read this Bible as hard and as fervently as you want to, and you're not going to understand nothing about truth unless the Spirit of truth that possesses you shows it to you. Different book altogether when the Spirit of God is in charge. My, my, is that ever true. 
I remember reading this and it was just like, wow, it's so boring and it's just dark and I don't understand what in the world. It's, you know, and all those these and thous and all. Uh, and people still say that. Christians say that. Can't understand it. They just can't understand it. Write it in a different way so I can understand it. That ain't the problem. That is not the problem. This book came alive to me, literally, when the Spirit of God took over. When I, when I surrendered to the truth, I mean honest, with an honest heart, no turning back, and it didn't matter what it cost, that's when the doors just swing open. And you can see. Jesus is talking about all that we love and all that, that we desire must be laid on the altar. That's what he's talking about. Yeah, in his own life also. <laughs> we must not cling to anything at all or we don't enter in. People try to do just with God and His kingdom just like they do at the airport. Sneaking guns and contraband past the sensors and everything. Yeah, a, they're just going to try it no matter what you do. You know, you would think people would learn better than that, but it seems like they never do in any matter. You know, I remember coming across the border one time out of Mexico and there's this truck in front of us had racks on it, hay in it. And <laughs> here come the dogs sniffing around that truck and I, they got real nervous. Because I had just read in the newspaper a week or two before that they took one of those same kind of trucks and went across the border with a bunch of marijuana in it. Well, they found it. Man, they got dogs there that can smell it if it's in a coffee can inside a sealed box inside. <laughs> and you ain't getting past them. And they just, they just offered some poor old mule down there, dummy, you know, 50 bucks or something to drive his truck across and he fell for it and the marijuana went right through the channels it was supposed to go through to get where it was supposed to go. That's the way it is. You ain't going to sneak across there with a bunch of dope right on the bridge at the point of entry, you know. <laughs> the people that, are, that sneak into the country, they don't come across there either. Well, some of them do. They can come across there without any visa or anything and then, and then they just got to get around that checkpoint that's 20 kilometers out there and just get on pass and go on wherever they're going to go. You don't do that with God's kingdom. He's got better guards than that, than they do down there. We, be, we believe lies because of our feelings and because of our desires. It's distorted our mind concerning truth. And the only way we can correct it is for the mind to be washed and renewed and get a clean start on learning about what's right and wrong, true and false, good and evil, all over again. We talk about being saved and how it was just like we began living. I feel that way. I, that's just the way I feel about it. I feel like I just started living when I got saved. Well, when, if I just started living, then I just started learning. And that is really the way it is. Literally the way it is. Romans 12 too. Be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, see, that you may prove, your mind renewed that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Your mind renewed, get away from the world. Be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed 
by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Then you know. You know what's right. You know what God wants. You know what's acceptable before God. That's truth. Titus chapter 3 verse 5. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and, the, and renewing of the Holy Ghost. The, the vital principle of our life must become the Holy Spirit of God. And the old principles that have driven our life to the very gates of hell have to be discarded for good. Y'all understand what I'm saying to you? The Spirit of Truth. The verse we read when we started in John 14 about Jesus saying, I'll send another comforter, even the Spirit of Truth. And He'll come. He'll comfort you. He'll guide you into all truth. The Spirit of God must become the vital principle of our life. We walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. Before we were saved, we walked after the flesh. You don't do that after you get saved. If the Spirit of God comes and indwells you, you don't do that. That's why, and here's the, the clear, flat out way it is. So many people start, they appear to start, and they fall out by the wayside. They didn't make the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God did not become their vital principle of life. They, they joined a religious outfit. They tried Jesus for a little bit. They just experimenting with things to try to figure out a way to be more happy in their sin. Jesus said, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That's in John chapter 8, verse 22. He's in a conflict with a bunch of Pharisees and scribes there. But the, and I wanted to read that, but it's too long. The word know here means, now this is what the dictionary said, a prolonged form of a primary verb to know. A prolonged form of a verb. What does that mean? That means you don't just, it's an ongoing thing. Yes. It's not a flash. It's a shine, a continual shine. It's not just a, a a rocket exploding. It's a steady beam. You shall know the truth. It's not... Uh, it's in a great variety of applications and with many implications. So, it's a, it means big. In other words, what Jesus is talking about here is that we have a continual walk in the truth. It's not information that we just find out Oh, yeah, now, see? And then you're made free. It's not obtaining knowledge. It's walking in truth. You shall know the truth. To know continually the truth. You're not just going to get a little hit and miss, a little bit of truth and then a little bit of lies, and a little bit of truth and a little bit of lies, and a little, one lie, and, or two lies and one truth, and two lies and one truth. It's not going to be like that. He's going to guide you into... It doesn't say He's going to guide us into truth. It's going to guide us into all truth. The Spirit of God. <clears throat> so, it's the way of life in which we walk. Jesus, in, Je in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto me, unto the Father, but by me. So, He's the way, 
He's the truth and He's the life. If you're not in the truth, you're not in the way. And if you're not in the way, you're not in the life. <laughs> so boy, that really narrows the gate down narrow, don't it? If you don't walk in the truth, where's your place in God's kingdom? Where's your Bible to prove that you you got a place? Our very steps and every choice and decision that we make are directed by God's truth without our sentiments or desires being a part of those choices and decisions. Oh, that's so important and I hope you'll get that. That's why we cannot make our steps by our heart. They say, follow your heart. Oh, that's the devil's advice. It's the devil's advice. You don't follow your heart. You follow the truth. The Holy Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth. New Testament says it over and over. John chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus talking said, How be it he, when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth, for He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. Oh man, there's a lot in that verse too. A lot of people try to worship the Holy Spirit. They try to make the Holy Spirit the author of all kinds of things that the Bible never makes Him the author of. Much of kookiness and nonsense. Jesus said He'll comfort you. He'll guide you to truth, all truth. He'll reprove the world of sin and righteousness and judgment to come. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's His office during this time. One, uh, First John uh, 4, 6 says, We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now that's how we know the difference. People of the same spirit understand one another. They talk the same language. People that are not, they're not of the same spirit. And they don't speak the same language. Jesus said, I'm going to read it here before I quit, but in John chapter 8, that's what He told that bunch of Pharisees. He said, He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, for ye are not of God. Your father is the devil. Yeah, Jesus said that. One of the great dangers here is that most people do recognize truth. Now, you know, people want to argue that, but I've, man, I've been in this a long time and I see what the truth does, man. You, when the truth is spoken, it just burns. Yeah. We're not talking about arguing over issues. We're talking about the truth yes. of God. Maybe you don't understand what I'm talking about. But the danger here is that most people do recognize truth and most people desire to order their lives by truth, but they never get completely honest about it. And that's why all these mega churches, and that's why there's more church going and more churchy stuff. They call it church, but it's less like church than it's ever been all over the world. Yep. What are those people looking for and what are they doing? What are they? 
What are they talking about? What about all these celebrities and singers and sports people that are claiming to be Christians, but there's no evidence of it in their life whatsoever? What's, why are they doing that? Why don't they just worship the devil? They live for him. They promote his kingdom in every other way. Why don't they just go ahead and live for the devil? Because their conscience is bothering them. And they know there's more to this than, than what they've seen so far. <clears throat> the reason they never get completely honest about it is that they'll not override their sentiments and their desires for the things and the people of this world. The cost would be too great. So they spend their existence trying to find a way to compromise and have it both ways. And there's a lot of false prophets, there are plenty of them that'll accommodate them and make that place for them, for the money. The spiritual battle for the child of God here is to resist the devil's attempts to get you to compromise truth in order to maintain some earthly affection or fulfill some earthly desire. Standing with the truth, no matter what, is going to separate you from just about everybody else. You're not going to be popular and you're not going to be thought well of it's always been that way. The prophets were never famous and well-respected in their day. They were kind of feared, but they were not respected. They were sought after when there was a real need, but until there was a real need and they had to have God, they, they just shrugged them off and had their, their hired preachers come in and perform their dramas for them and put on all their shows. It's always been that way. The very Son of God came. The way, the truth, and the life. And what did they do to Him? They killed Him. They hated Him. So do you think that it'll be any different for you or me if you really, fully, honestly, for good, stand on the truth and refuse to compromise? Hmm. No, it's not going to be any different. Jesus said if the world hated me... <laughs> They're not going to love you. Be ashamed if the same world that crucified the Lord loved me and respected me and hated my Lord. That would make me feel like a traitor for sure, and I would be. Woe unto you when all men speak well of you, Jesus said. So Satan, I said the spiritual battle for the child of God is to resist the devil's attempts to get you to compromise. Satan excels in this arena because we're on his turf. He waxes brilliant in twisting and distorting the Word of God to convince us to give up some ground in order not to offend or lose the respect and fellowship of certain people. The Internet's full of junk. and Everybody listens to it all the time. And I just won't listen to it. I just ain't going to listen to a bunch of kooky nutcases that do not believe the truth and they're so far off of it that it's, anybody can tell they're not in the truth. I'm not going to give the devil, I'm not going to open the door and say, come on in, devil, tell me about it. I'll give it your best shot and see if you can get me. I ain't going to do that with the devil. That's what I was, we were talking last night or maybe this morning, but, you know, I saw a thing, a post, and it was a mad mother. 
and she was mad about some preacher and what he had said about certain things like autism and some of this stuff, you know. And he mentioned that uh, he mentioned he connected evil spirits with it. Well, so would I. There's a lot of factors involved, but you see where we're at. I told her this guy is a an adulterer. He is not a. He shouldn't be a preaching. I mean, he had this big church and he left his wife, married some other woman in a church, and was running around with her long before he did, and all of that. And he's still out running his mouth across the country on the internet and everything, and everybody listens to him. I don't, but a lot of people do. And the devil uses people like that to say things that are true to offend people and make them farther from the truth. Y'all staying with me on this? A lot of this stuff, I mean, just for example, all this vaccine stuff and everything, some of the craziest out-of-this-world nonsense that has been put out there about it that is not true came from them, the ones who are promoting it. They put it out there to cause people to knee-jerk react against such an unbelievable nonsense and take their side. It's, it's warfare. It's misinformation. But see, the devil can use truth, a little bit of truth, and throw it out there through the mouth of some wolf. And it does more damage to the truth than if he would just stand there and tell lies. So it's easy to be deceived. It's easy to be confused and messed up. You've got to walk with God. You've got to be surrendered to God. You've got to be obedient to the truth as the Spirit of God reveals it to you from the Word of God instead of depending on other people. Don't search for truth by just listening, just Googling, the, Googling it. Like I told you the other day, you know, somebody messaged us wanting to ask some questions and before she could answer, they'd already Google it and said, never mind, I asked Googling. Google is answering the questions about eternal life and death and God and righteousness. You ain't going to find the truth there either. Wherever, whenever we're in indecision or confused or don't know what to do or believe about some situation, y'all put this in your life, in your daily life, in the situations you... Whenever we're in indecision or confused or don't know what to do or believe about some situation, you better examine yourself to see if any affection of your heart or affinity, or desire of your own is involved in the consideration. You hear me? Do you follow me? Are we deciding what's right and wrong about somebody else? Are we discerning about other people or situations? Are we making decisions based on how I feel about it? Or, if I do this, then that's going to happen, and that, that person's going to get mad at me, and if I... See, is that really the consideration that sh- the considerations that should make up our mind force? Is it? No, it better not be none of that. <coughs> or you are you are flirting with the lie. You're you're just br- you're on the brink of compromising the truth for your sentiments or your desires. 
Well, I'm going to hone it down a little closer here in a minute, but it is written, when the devil was tempting the Lord, we know what his answer was every time. None. It is written. But what was the devil using to tempt the Lord with? What did the devil start with? It is written. The devil was quoting the Scripture to the Lord Himself. But the devil is a liar and Jesus Christ is truth. So Jesus answered him with Scripture but with truth. See, the devil was taking the Scripture and making it a lie. And do you understand that? Jesus said, no, no, it is written. You know, and a lot of people do that too. We just take, we grab a verse here and there and we think we got it. No, better understand the whole thing. It is written. That's where we find the truth. But only with the guidance of the Spirit of God. A thing is true or it's not true. Regardless how many people voice their opinions about it. We don't vote on the truth. <clears throat> truth is not subjective. It's not subject to anything or anyone. Ever. It's a foundational thing that doesn't change or shift at all. When we speak of truth, we're not speaking of trivial little differences of men's likes and dislikes. We're speaking of the general knowledge and understanding of God Himself and His ways. You get that? I have to think a lot about saying things like that because that's, that sums it up pretty well right there. We're not talking about... And you see people turn into Pharisees. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Help me, Lord. But, but people will... Well, now... They'll take a verse of Scripture and boy, they're just, they go to seed on it. And they'll drive, hammer, and pile drive it no matter what they do. And they'll fall out, they'll split the church, it don't matter, over this issue. Because it's true. No, a person like that is not in the truth. They're not walking in the truth. The devil has done to them same thing he tried to do to the Lord. Take a Scripture and make you Wacko with it. It is the general knowledge and understanding of God Himself and His ways. If you have that truth and you can talk to somebody out there that doesn't, you, that is power. That's what I'm talking about that makes them tremble, makes them shut up their nonsense. They recognize it when you speak that truth to them. You quit telling them all that fairy tale Santa Claus junk about about God, and tell them how He really is. Tell and you're able with the Spirit's help to use the Word of God and convey to them something of the of the power and awesomeness of God Almighty. <clears throat> they ain't gonna laugh you to scorn. Now you go arguing with them over some uh, denominational doctrine or some issue and yeah, it goes a different route. Alright, the victorious Christians always have one thing in common. This, I've sat around thinking. I told you when I started. I've sat around and think a lot about this and, and I've studied about this and looked through the Bible and this is it. The victorious Christians always have one thing in common. They stand for the truth no matter the cost. The cost to themselves or to others. Yep. Have you ever had to do that? I mean, have you ever had to just 
lay it all on the line. I mean, how do some people get to the end of their life and they're so shallow and careless and don't really believe anything? They can just fit in anywhere. And then, you know what I believe? I would die before I would renounce it. I'm, so help me. When I'm talking about the truth that I, as I just described it here, what I know about God, and I'll die before I'll renounce it. And others don't care. They just don't care. Everybody else goes that way, they just go that way too. <laughs> so the victorious Christian always have one thing common. They stick to the truth, no matter the cost. To the cause they've been long associated with. The work, the work. What were we talking about the other night? Somebody told me, who was it? Who was it talking to me? And uh, they said that, oh, I know who it was. It was Seth. He was telling me about hearing this. That some preacher was preaching and, and he, t he ran down there and he pointed at a little old girl and he said, the work of God is more important than the life of that little girl. That's the independent fundamental Bible believing King James Baptist. Well, what in the world is the work of God about other than the life of that little girl? The work of God. See, two concepts. His concept of the work of God is the team, the church, you know, what He's got invested in this church here. And the point I'm making is there come, there's certain people, I've known some of them in my life, I've known a few, who, who said, junk it all. It's wrong. If, you're, if they're not going to obey the truth and walk in the truth, I'm out. Seen them do it. Throw it all to the wind. A lifetime. <clears throat> Old Brother Vic, he'd been in the Southern Baptist for years and years. Had his retirement. He was about to the point of being able to collect it. And they, he found out about all their immorality and all their ungodliness in their colleges and stuff. And, they, he, and he got out. Lost all of his retirement of a lifetime and everything else. He gave it up. No, I can't do that. Can't go along with it. The next generation or two wasn't near that convicted about it. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Either you believe something or you don't believe something. There's not something you can just opt out of, in and out of. and It's not a game. It's the truth. It's the key. The truth is the key to whether you're really in or not. So to the, it doesn't matter the cost, to the, the, to the cause they've been long associated with. You know, when we were on the mission field, let's tell you how it is. <clears throat> Missionary that we, were, that we ended up supposed to work with on her, <clears throat> the work was the most important thing to him. People weren't. The work. And I'm not exaggerating, I'm not being too critical, I'm just telling you the fact of the matter, that's what it was. Anybody that got in the way or, or even resembled a threat to the work was destroyed with all they could muster to do it. That's fact. <clears throat> and there's a lot of that out there. The work. 
more important than the life of that little girl. I don't want any part of any work like that. No earthly cause or affection, no human sentiment or desire is worthy of usurping the truth. And no amount of affliction or suffering will cause them to throw in the towel. Those are the victorious Christians. Now the practical application of this is when it comes to our children. You want to really get tried? Your children will try you. Your spouse will try you. Your friends will try you. Sometimes your supposed brethren in Christ will try you. That's where you're going to be tried in all of this. You're going to, you're going to have to face the reality of being separated from people like that. Your children, some of them. Yeah. All of my kids talk to me now, but there's been times they wouldn't. Because I would not compromise with them. I w they wanted approval of wickedness. And no, sir. <laughs> not from dads. You're not. No. No. Never. I, that's what I've had to say a time or two. All I want you just. They just want my approval. Acceptance. I said, no. I'm not going to accept that. It's wrong. I still feel the same way. I don't feel I did anything wrong. I don't feel I was out of the way at all. They're out of the way. And if there's any hope for them ever, it's for me to not compromise. When it's all on the line. When any of these, our loved ones, friends, people that are important to us, when any of them set themselves against the truth in any matter and we excuse them or agree with them, we've abandoned the truth also. And a friend on the phone the other night talking, and he was telling me about the churches down there and how they were accepting people without being baptized. He said they're actually making people who are not even saved members of the churches, Baptist churches. Because he said they, hey, he went to them and told them, said, don't you understand that you are compromising on the Bible doctrines here? And they said, well, yeah, we know, but that's the only way we're going to keep anybody. We can't. And if we don't do that and they're not here to listen, how are they ever going to know and learn? I told him, I said, they're not just compromising. They are lying to the people. You've abandoned the truth. And if it's not a truth, it's a lie. This simple as that. It's either true or it's a lie. <clears throat> so what we've done is that we've submitted and surrendered to the same evil spirit that's worked on their minds and convinced them that good is evil and evil is good. And we've surrendered to the same thing. All right, I'm on her. Another practical application here is that the Holy Spirit of God indwells the believer and guides him into all truth. Now that's the practical application. That's real. That's a reality in the life of a true Christian. Once you surrender to the truth, lock, stock, and barrel, with an honest heart, the Spirit of God guides you into all truth. Whatever's not of the truth is a lie. And a lie is from the devil, not the Spirit of God. We've got to be very careful with what we declare to be the truth and then we take a stand and run our mouth about it when our feelings and our own opinions and desires are involved in it. Better be careful. I mean, everybody better just stop and think about that a minute. <clears throat> I believe the truth. I'm going to walk in truth. But you better be sure that it is God's truth. The truth about God. The truth about right. And the truth about wrong. And it's not just my desires and 
affinities and affections and sentiments and all that involved in it at all. Because we do that. We get all worked up and passionate about things. We get offended about things. And then we run our mouth and say things and think we're in the truth. It's very easy to get out of the truth when our feelings and our passions get involved. It's so very easy for the devil to deceive us right here and ruin our testimony and make a mess of things and put stumbling blocks in the way weak Christians are lost sinners. You can't know. Uh, we can't know that we're in the truth if our passions are driving us and not the pure truth of the Word of God. When you're angry or when you're just so passionate because you just believe it so much. We must always stand on the side of the right and not what we determine to be right, but what is really right in the sight of God. Do you? Do you always stand on what is right? Or do you have favorites? Isn't that an issue? It's always an issue, isn't it? Well, you just got to stand on what's right if you're walking in the truth. One more thing we've got to, uh, that must accompany truth, and that is mercy. Psalm 25, verse 10. <clears throat> All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. Unto such as keep His covenant and His testimonies. You better say, thank the Lord right there, because that's the only way we can make it. The Lord is patient and merciful with us while we learn the truth. And sometimes it takes a long time and a lot of lessons. Has anybody else been a slow learner about some things? Well, aren't you glad that God operates in mercy and truth? Not just in truth, but in mercy and truth. Truth would be a terrible, rigid thing if there wasn't mercy. But God's mercy gives room for truth to work, to soak into our <laughs> sponge brains. <laughs> you know, i got a sponge brain. It takes a while for it to soak in. Psalm 85, verse 10 and 11 says, Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring out of the earth and righteousness shall look down from heaven. It's pretty wonderful, isn't it? Proverbs 3, verse 3, Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck and write them upon the table of thine heart. And then here, listen to this verse. This is one powerful verse. Proverbs 16, verse 6. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. By mercy and truth. Not just truth. You know, we preach the truth. Well, we better have some mercy. Truth without mercy is... I think that's why a whole generation or two has left the churches now because of that, that I've been around. It was truth without mercy. Or at least it was perceived that way. Not just truth, but by mercy and truth. No compromise. That ain't compromising. 
but mercy and patience while a person is learning. These little kids, we had four of them there today. You know, eating time. Well, you know how it is. Just all over them, everywhere. Just, you know, trading forks back and forth. And just... And, you you know, I told you once and that's all I'm going to tell you. Does it work with them? (laughs) It don't work with them. Not in two and three year old kids. You can't say, now I told you a year ago and I shouldn't have to tell you again. No, you just tell them again and you correct them and you tell them again and you correct them and you tell them again and you correct them and that's just how God does with us. And if He didn't, we would all be lost. Because I don't know anybody that just said, Yes, sir, Lord. First thing, first act out of the gate. You know, Esther had an episode last night with a razor in the bathtub and two little girls and so on. Hair everywhere. <laughs> well, now they know better than that. No, you can, <laughs> you can. <laughs> well, you can wait a few more years when they get a little more knowledge and everything, and you're still going to see them doing. When they're 18 years old, you're still going to see them doing the most stupid things you ever seen in your life. What is the matter with that child? I told them. I told them. They know better than that. But we don't just say, out the door, I'm sick of telling you. You won't listen to nothing. I told you once and you did it again, so you're done. No, God's not that way either. He remembereth that we are but dust. (laughs) So He has what is called mercy with us. Proverbs 20, verse 28, Mercy and truth preserve the king, and his throne is upholden by mercy. That's speaking of the seat of authority. Its, its effectiveness and continuation depends upon mercy and truth. Better remember that, dad, mom. Better remember that, husband, wife. Better remember that, mercy and truth. That's how the throne, that's how the seat of authority is maintained and sustained, and that's what keeps it. To show mercy or have patience with slow learners is not compromising the truth. And shame on the people that won't tolerate mercy and truth. That just want truth. We've had people leave the church because that's what they want. They wanted truth. No mercy. No space. No time. Get them out of here. No, better you leave. That's the way I feel about it. Still do. Mercy and truth. A lot of people have shown me mercy and truth. That's how come I survived. That's how come I learned a few things through the years. To have mercy, or to have truth without mercy is to be a Pharisee, a hypocrite, and to incur the wrath of God on ourselves. One more thing, and then I'm going to quit. Now, I'm sorry I'm taking this long. I knew I would. I'm sorry, but I'm just, you know, we've all been hemmed up in the house, and it's just got too much to say here. But I'm just going to read these verses, and then we're going to quit here. This is the key issue, what we're talking about tonight. You know that crowd in Matthew chapter 7. He separated the sheep from the goats and he put the goats on his left hand and all of that crowd of people. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works 
And then I will then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. What was their problem? Truth. They weren't honest and faithful to the truth. Works, they did a lot of that. They did a lot of religious stuff. John chapter 8. I wanted to read more than this, but it's too long to fit on my paper, and I sure didn't want to go to five pages. But John chapter 8, verse 44 through 48, he's, Jesus is with this bunch of Pharisees, and they are arguing with him. He started out up in the chapter where he said, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That was how this conversation was going. And they said, We be in Abraham's children. What are you talking about being free? We ain't never been in bondage to any man. They don't even understand what he's talking about at all. But it went on down there and he said, verse 44, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? They just flat customs what they did. I mean, they just said, You're crazy. We know what we're talking about. We know who we are. And we know how things work. He wasn't arguing with them about how to do the sacrifices or how to order the service or the music that was going on in the church or anything like that. He was talking to them about the very basic truth. The truth, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. He'd been preaching to them about the bread of life and all of that. And they said, eh, no, that nonsense. You're just full of the devil. That's the same crowd that was in Matthew chapter 7 there. Religious people who don't abide in the truth. It's, hard, it's rare find. If you find a bunch of people that are trying to serve God together that will really flat abide in the truth, you've found a very rare thing on this earth. In any time, any generation. And in, in this time too. It's the key. It's the key. It's one of the key things. I can think back through the years and how, you know, because I've wondered about myself, how come I didn't end up where some of the people I know are now? That I was <laughs> very close associated with years ago in the ministry and everything. How come I didn't swallow the same stuff they did and go the same route they went? And I told her the other day, you know, I think one of the things is this right here. Because I just remember, I just couldn't swallow it if it wasn't right. I just couldn't say, well, I'll let that go. Uh, you know, I'll just swallow it. I'll, I couldn't believe it if it wasn't true. Right. And it's still that way. And of course, that separated me from people all down through the, the way. Because if you don't agree with them, <laughs> you're out. You're not accepted. And it can be the littlest thing, but but I'll tell you what 
Through the years, it's come to be big things. I don't agree with most of them on the way of salvation. I think they're dead wrong. And they're teaching lies. And I think people are going to be condemned forever because of it. And it's a big deal with me. And I can't swallow that. And I ain't going that way. And I'm not doing that no more. So they don't want to have nothing to do with me. But that's okay. I ain't nobody and it don't matter. The truth is what matters. Truth of God. I've really learned about God since every, every time I'm... I, there's a fork in the road like that and I take the right fork. I always... I mean, the light is always brighter. It's always brighter. The way it gets... I mean, I see farther. I, I gotta quit. Think about this. Go home, get your Bible, and just start going through there, studying truth and some of these things I've said here tonight, and see if I haven't told you the truth. Mighty important. You're gonna do right. You're gonna do. You're gonna live and walk according to the truth, not what somebody else says is the truth. What the Spirit of God reveals to you from the Word of God is the truth. Now, if you and I are both filled with the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, it's going to tell us the same thing. Yes, right. Might show you something you don't show me. Might show me something you don't show you yet. But it's not going to contradict. The Spirit of God is not going to divide us over the truth. The Spirit of God will unite us over the truth. Amen. Father, thank You for the Word of God. Please bless it now, I pray. As we go home, please help us to assimilate this. And Lord, that it would be one of those markers that we just sit by. Lord, that we would realize this is so important. We just cannot compromise the truth and we must be faithful to it. Pray you give understanding where I failed, where I couldn't, where I mixed it up. Please help everybody to understand this thoroughly in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, amen.